Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I'm your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts, Ryan. Howdy, Starchild. And Scott. Hello, Moonfeather. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to be a love-in this episode, but well, I guess, uh, I guess uh, bring Bowie's it in, guys. Dead, bring it in. Bowie's Bowie's dead. dead, yeah, come on. <laughs> Not to date the podcast, but, you know, yeah. come on. Well, it has been a minute since we have recorded last, uh, because of the holidays and all that hoo-ha. So, tell me, guys, what's going on? Well, I think we all just came back uh, a couple days ago from a fractured event. It was hellish uh, in that the weather decided that we shouldn't, uh, but we shake our fists at God because we're angry. Uh, and we make it happen anyway, and we actually pulled off a pretty good game. I got to power slide cut a dude. It was really fun. Also not safe. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first time I've ever, like, LARPed. In, like, multiple inches of snow. Like, I've looked, oh, it's been a light dusting. But no, this is legit, like, six to eight inches of snow in the field. I fell face down in it, and, like, it went all up my sleeves, and it was very painful. <laughs> well, uh, that's good to hear. I know I had a good holiday, and I think everyone else also had a very good holiday. Um, but we're here to talk RPGs, not about, you know, festivals. So let's start with the news. And it's since it has been a while, um, we're going to do a little sort of backlogging of news. One of the things is at Tabernoctis, uh, this was about a month, month and a half ago. Um, as we said in previous podcasts, the White Wolf has been owned by Paradox Interactive. Um, and they had a press announcement, a press release, um, very like a 45 minute, 50 minute uh, YouTube video about what their plans for White Wolf and the World of Darkness is going to become. And they have rebranded it the One World of Darkness. They had a very fancy like presentation, and then the then the uh, CEO Tobias uh, Sogrin, I am probably butchering that name, and the lead storyteller Martin Eckerson basically just kind of laid everything out. Um, I think the coolest news of that was just basically besides just the resurrection of White Wolf was the conversation about by about 2020, 2021, they would love to have like television shows on Netflix or somewhere that deal with the White Wolf IPs, which I'm like 100% behind. I think it would make fantastic uh, programming. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they hopefully they've learned their lesson with, like, Kindred the Embrace. We should never speak of it. Um, just did? Oh, well, you know. Uh, but, yeah, no, they. I'm really excited about all the stuff that they were talking about. I mean, they were talking about some really, like, they were talking basically everything they said was what should happen to, to sort of revitalize the world of darkness, make it more global, uh, give it give it a bit more you know, uh, of a diverse focus, uh, make sure that all the rules and the thema- like the rules and thematics of all the different game lines work together. Um, Maybe get is- a copy editor <laughs> and you know perhaps perhaps structure their books in a way that's accessible for someone <laughs> who actually gives a shit about mechanics and you know, like me, who I don't necessarily want to read 174 pages of of your uh, undead spank fantasy before I get to how the mechanics of the game actually function. By the way, I don't actually care for White Wolf that much. Bravo, bravo, Ryan, bravo. For any old school White Wolf players, know that there's 
the index was crap. No, there was no index. The appendix of the actual table of contents was was useless, and you sometimes would just get the most random like chapter references. It's like now let's now let's spend five pages talking about this 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 thing while you were trying to look for how a discipline works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, the um, I'm excited about it. I mean, I think I'm I think it is good that they have some very forward focus. Uh, you know, taking taking what work what worked from the old days. And you know, bringing it into the to the new century, um, I think they're going to do a really good job. <coughs> Especially the the lead storyteller, Mark Erickson, he's some serious business. He has got a resume uh, as far as like a diversity of gaming experience. You know, he's been involved in he's he's written some old White Wolf books, so he's got that that old blood. Uh, he's a Nordic larper, like a boffer larper. Uh, um, there, there, that's a cut above the there, next there, level. There's just something different than us. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. To be fair, like he he was talking. That's one. Not thing, in a bad way. Not just, in a bad way. Just different. But he was saying that like one of his big things as well. While he fully supports uh, the salon efforts of Mind's Eye the- Mind's Eye Theater, uh, which is you know what's going on now through various Kickstarters. Uh, but he's like, no, we're gonna start doing some experimental like Boffer Nordic style White Wolf Warps. Um, we'll yeah. probably like they're gonna do they're doing official events. And I, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a real long time for any of like that official stuff to get over mm-hmm. from there yeah. to here. I might but, want to describe my faith right now. Yeah, uh, dubious as shit. Yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. dubious. My eyebrow can't be any more raised yeah. than it is. But at the same time, I do believe we'll probably get whatever rules or uh, you know, we'll, we'll get notes. We'll see what they're we'll working. We'll see what with. they're doing, and you know, if it looks cool, then we might be able to replicate it uh, over here. But th- I find that very exciting. I like pushing the medium. I like trying new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll definitely do that. I it's think true. If they can, and if they could like burn the world clean of the, the current salon uh, culture that has been, that has sprung uh, up around the White Wolf games. Uh, that 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 is just mo- that's a people problem. That's not a game problem. That's, so that's that's true. We that, have that is our burden to bear, good sir. That's like that's like. You know, racism being ingrained in a culture. It's just going to have to wait for a generation to die. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a thing that takes time to incorporate. If you've got toxic players, it takes time. But we're digressing. Um, because of the, the announcement of the One World of Darkness, that means Onyx Path mm-hmm. has, unfortunately, after a couple more rounds of Kickstarters, will no longer be able to do anything with the One World of Darkness. And so they have rebranded all of their stuff, which is all the new, what used to be branded the New World of Darkness. That was quotation marks, by the way. Um, they have rebranded it called the Chronicles of Darkness, which I am actually really happy about because it requires, we're dealing with two very large, capable companies with very good pedigrees, basically going, hey, we have to compete with each other now, which means that will get everyone's wheels spinning of new content and new perspectives on very old material, which I'm 100% behind. Proper playtesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Proper playtesting, mechanical balance, and just setting, like differentiation of settings. Well, what it comes down to is that we only have seven nights a week, and, mm-hmm. not, and not everyone wants to spend every one of those tabletopping. I could personally do that. I, I love yeah. tabletopping very much. But yeah, like they're gonna have to really, really show out, and like people are gonna start picking like which which one's their version of vampire that they love, just like it's always been. But you know, at least now they'll have a you know a more varied set of rules and setting to to work with. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I I tabletop when I can, uh, which is not all not all the time because you know getting older, busy guy, got shit to do. 
uh, podcast record. Um, <laughs> Very much so. And uh, yeah, I'm. But at the same time, I appreciate the art form. I appreciate the design effort that goes into these things. Uh, you know, I'll I'll buy a if it, it's along the lines of I'll buy a role playing book even if I'm ninety percent sure I'm never going to get a chance to play it mm-hmm. if it does some interesting things and has some um, some innovative concepts in it just because. I appreciate it as a as a, cre- a creative expression and a mechanical um, effort. I'd be willing to try one of the new salon systems that they come out oh, with. Yeah. Honestly, like I've had a recent very good experience with Unknown Armies as a salon setting, but it's a very small troop, fifteen people, two STs, and I just I didn't know it could be like this. Like it's, it's a very it's, intimate game. It's very intimate. Everyone, it's all about. It's very personal, and I realize now it's like. Oh, it's not that all that salon gaming is bad. It's that the people who generally play salon gaming may be bad or yeah, SD, yeah. you know. It's hard. It's hard to get a good group. I mean, there's always Yeah. I mean, there it's not a fault of the actual product. It is just sometimes people. you get weird people that just are weirdly antisocial but doing a very social thing. Yeah. Um the Let's not get too far off the topic because yeah. this could be an entire episode on oh, yeah. itself. Is because we're talking about like some serious like social dynamics here. Spectrum in the salon episode yeah, yeah, yeah. 06. Oh, done, done. All right, uh, another interesting news, uh, news thing has uh, happened recently was uh, um, AEG uh, got back uh, back into bed with John Wick for seven. Oh, eight. really? Yeah. Um, I think we discussed this on episode two. We may have, we, we may we have mentioned that he had gotten the rights back, but I didn't know about AEG. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that's what that's what they're, they're going it through. AEG and John Wick Presents have partnered up. Okay. John Wick basically AEG has the rights back, and I believe like they've hired John Wick to, to take care oh, of it. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I mean, he's he's starting to crank out material on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it looks like that game is going to get some nice spit and polish, um, and a lot of new looks at. The old, the, yeah. the old horse. I'm a, a, I'm a little concerned though because I was really looking forward that it would be John writing. I mean, not that he won't be writing, but if he owns it and controls all of it, he gets to say what happens. I mean, but if AEG now has the rights to it, if he writes something, unless there's a very specific clauses in his contract with them, they can start I'm, messing around. I'm with pretty that. sure he has as much creative control as there's reason to expect. Okay. Um. Because I hope. I mean, they every, all every, I don't know the exact specifics of it, uh, just because it's it's something that's on my periphery. I used to play Seven C in a couple games. It's interesting. I just like John Wick's stuff. Yeah, he's very good. Um, so I, I just kind of I'm always peripherally aware of what he's up to. But everything that I've read of it, yeah, he's got he's got the control in that situation uh, to do it to do it the way he, he he knows it needs to be done. But it's very exciting. It's very interesting. That's another one. I'm probably never gonna play a game of Seven Cs again, but I will. I will look. Take a look at it. I'm going to plug a thing. Uh, another, we're going to be. Uh, I'm going to be part of another podcast coming up soon. Uh, name URL coming up, but we're going to be doing a uh, an actual a Fantasy Flight Star Wars Ooh. game. Uh, with um, what's uh, the name of that game? The uh, well, we're doing the Edge of the Empire. Yes, expand. yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, well, we're going to be using. We, we're all source books open, so people can just kind of. Pick and, if someone wants to be a force user, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. But uh, it's through, I believe, uh, Freestyle Science LLC, which is uh, one of the gaming companies that our friends group has formed. And we're going to be doing probably seven-hour sessions cut up into multiple episodes. We're going to yeah. try to keep it PG-13 with 
but lots of silliness and, and, and fun stuff. And it's a good, it, and everyone at the table is top tier, so I'm, I'm really excited oh, about Oh, excellent. We'll, we'll definitely plug that in later, and you can give us up-to-date stuff about that as things progress. Um, last little bit of news before we get to the main subject. Um, By Night Studios, uh, which is basically, they, By Night Studios is a group that formed after White Wolf fell, and they owned the, the Salon LARP rights to all the White Wolf stuff. Which is interesting because now we have a third company that's dealing with very similar motif as One World of Darkness and the Chronicles of Darkness. And right now they have their werewolf new edition going off as a Kickstarter. It's been funded. It's going. It's going to be made. Um, looks very interesting. That's yet another company that's kind of taking a look at the World of Darkness stuff and going, what can we do with this? I really like By Night Studios with what they're up to because what they are doing is and this is only from looking at what their vampire material is, mm. they took everything that has ever been done, every mechanic, every every clan, all of it, they stuck it in one book, and they actually had to look at it and balance it against one another. Which was fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Also, that, they balanced it to where it was, you could play an elder, or you could play a neonate, and it was perfectly fine. You had, you had advantages and disadvantages. But, I mean, the one game I played with the Binary Rules, I mean, this was, it. I mean, it didn't turn out super well, but that's because, again, I think that was a cultural problem. It's, it's a cultural thing. Uh, and the last bit is, uh, back to Onyx Path, as they've started a brand new IP called Pugmire, and it is basically tongue-in-cheek dog medieval fantasy. I'm going it, to be a, a Kali thing. warrior. <laughs> Kali warrior. It, I have not read a lot of it. Um, maybe you can expound on just a little bit of it. I have no idea. Okay. No, cool. I'm just making a joke because I thought dog dog fighter is funny. It is. Yeah, funny. No, it, it, and it, also, it's it's very fitting for what we're about to talk about. Oh yes, it's uh it's set in in uh, basically post apocalyptic, uh, post apocalyptic. Uh, I don't know. Sh I'm not certain just how real the magic is. Quotation yeah. marks. Uh, but like. Part of, this magic. So, yeah, something happened. Something happened as human humankind was falling by the wayside that caused domestic animals to be called become, uh, become elevated. They can walk on two legs. They can use technology. They yeah, can, they they have like a they, the they setting is yeah it feels medieval, but everyone is an anthropomorphic dog. And even later on, they're going to release material for being cats, which is what I'm interested in. But anyway. Um, so yeah, and, and, it, and it's all about, like, apparently, like, like, dog society, like, lives by something called the Code of Man, the first tenet of which is, be a good dog. Yeah. Uh, it, so it is, it is very... adorable. It is very adorable. It's it is, very aware of itself. It's designed, uh, it's designed for, you know, uh, you know, normal, uh, gamers to play, but it's also designed for kids to be able to play it as well. Oh, which is great. Which is very interesting. Like, it, like I said, that's another thing that I, I can look at and appreciate probably never seriously play but i like cool innovative stuff that sounds cool and innovative yeah i like it i like it a lot so i got a question to pose to both of you okay do you want to have a bad time Ooh, that's i a opted question. i in fact opted out of a bad time oh i i myself had a bad time oh so ladies and gentlemen just so we know we're about to talk about undertale which is it's taken the internet by storm. If you're on Tumblr, you've probably seen a bazillion uh, pieces of fan art about it. Best game of 2015. Uh, yeah, and probably we can make an argument one of the best RPGs in the last, like, five years. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, we're not... Uh, this is spoiler warning. We're going to talk about this full bore. So if you've not played it, please stop. Go get it, play it, and then come back to us. 
because this game is worth your money. It's like 10 bucks on Steam. It's worth every dime. It, yeah. it absolutely every penny uh, it was created by Toby Fox. I, I want to see I want to see what he does next. I hope he yeah. follow, I hope as he follows up strong. That's all I'm saying. Um, he has so to. in 3 2 1 spoilers go. Um, so Scott, take us in. What is Undertale? Okay, well Undertale is an indie RPG. Um, I believe it's available mostly on Steam. I don't think you can get it anywhere else. Yeah, currently um, it's only PC. So it's a PC, PC only game. I'm sure there'll be console ports soon enough. Um, and it was kickstarted a few years ago, and you know as all kickstarters do, um, like uh, Ryan mentioned, it was made by a game night by you know, a guy by the name of Toby Fox. Uh, and he he created the vast majority of the game. He got some art help from another from a couple people, um, and some just incidental help from here and there. But by and large, he one manned this game. It took him a while to do it, like all Kickstarter projects do. It got delayed a couple months. He's 24 years old. He's 24 years old. He was a big in. Uh, he hasn't really done anything Other before than this. This is his, as far as I know. This is his big yeah, first. He's done game. some fan work for Homestuck. Um, which that's a whole other thing. Um, I don't, I don't, per- I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't understand what it is. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell me about Homestuck. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just have a feeling that that's a thing that's not for me. Yeah, is my thought process. I don't it's know. Ultra, it's ultra dense. But anyway, uh, he created this game, Undertale, um, and he created this game with intention. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it was designed to deconstruct and analyze. The RPG, the the video game computer RPG, uh, and really sort of take it out for a spin and see what new could be done with that. Sort of taking some tried and true tropes and concepts uh, about uh, what an RPG is, how it works, how you progress, uh, what what your involvement in the story is, mm-hmm. and really just took. Took took it out for for a couple spins and with really, at least three layers of meta commentary. Three, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that I can find. Uh, and it's, so it's a very it's a very on the surface it's a very traditional like NES style graphics uh, turn based RPG, um, but that's about as far as that comparison goes. Right, because. Uh, the basic story of Undertale is you are a little kid, you are a human, a very agendered human. Like they actually all, all documentation refers to Frisk as a they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not, uh, not there, it's, it doesn't the gender doesn't matter actually. You're a person, you're a human. You fell down. All, uh, there was a mountain. You fell down into a hole. Underneath this hole, there's a whole bunch of monsters that were sealed away a long time ago. But they're all really initially friendly and capable. Like well. they're. Ish. They're the not, first one you meet actually is not, the, is the least friendly one. Um, that's he's cool. a flower. He's well, an asshole. Well, that, here's, well, that's the thing is is that a lot of the monsters, the, the the majority of the monsters that you meet, you you meet by them attacking you. Yes. Uh, because, which is weird. Which and you find out like you know you know okay so it's an RPG. Monsters attack you. That's a thing. That's just the way things work. But as you play through the game and depending on your actions and your choices. You start to learn why they're attacking you, and it's not as black and white as it seems. Um, and you have to. It, the, the game, the game is very skilled at emotional manipulation. Like let, let's let's not make any brass tacks about it. Oh yeah, man. The game manipulates the crap out okay, of you. Okay, the, the moment. Okay, well, spoiler time. This is this is what grabbed me. This is how Undertale got my ass. There's the point where you have to leave the leave Toriel for the first time. I didn't understand the game at that point. 
So I did, in fact, strike Toriel down. I oh, killed her. Oh, no. And I did it because I didn't quite get Kill it goat? yet. No. But then I rec- I'm like, you know what? Me and me and my girlfriend were just like, there's no way. That, no, I know for a fact there's no way they would make you do that. Like, I know enough about this game. I don't know a lot about it, but I know this game would not make me do that. So I went back, reloaded the save, mm-hmm. and we tried it again. And lo and behold, I found out that it... Spoiler time, if you stand still, Toriel's fire attacks do not touch you. Yep. Um, and you can wait her out and everything. And then you meet Flowey after you she lets you go. To which, he during the conversation, he's like, oh yeah, I know what you did. I saw what you did. You couldn't you couldn't go through with it, huh? You just killed her and then you re- and then you went back. And I'm just, and at that moment, I... I the game is aware of you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me back it up just so people, you should have played it so it shouldn't be a big spoiler, but the idea is this game is excessively aware of the player's action and actually the person at the console commands. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it does two things very mechanically interesting than other RPGs, one is which is it does the mercy effect, which is you can be attacked by monsters but not kill them. There's a way to basically non spare them, them. talk them down and get get bypass them. Um, And also the other mechanic is that instead of like an old school RPG where you have turn based where uh, my little sprite attacks another little sprite and they go back and forth, it is that. But but there's a mini game inside it which is basically a bullet hell game, which it constantly the bullet hell rules constantly change and you have to think outside of just the parameters that you're given, and so. That's what makes Undertale so bloody unique, is especially with with how aware it is oh, that yeah, you but, did stuff. And there's there's just somewhere within one of the like somewhere in there there's a sh- like probably like fifty plus boolean switches mm-hmm. with just like kill Toriel at first mark yeah. equals false, and then gets split to true, and some dialogue changes based on that. Everything you do in that game changes something, and mm-hmm. that and that's one of that's what makes it great is that it, it's one of the first RPGs in I, I think it's the first video game RPG I ever played where it truly felt like every single thing I did actually had an impact and made ripples. Mm-hmm. Inquisition got close close, but I still knew that the water was gonna go where the water was, was gonna, gonna go. go. This was the first time where it's like, no, you have pure determination as to what you're up to. Yes, exactly. Capital filled with determination. Capital D determination. Upcase determination, like as to what happens in that game. Yeah. And it will hurt you if you if you yeah. want to let it. Like, I'm actually going to make an argument about something. It's very interesting. Is that Undertale? It tries. It's here's the thing with a thing like Inquisition. Since you brought that up, we'll use an example. It's a modern AAA game. It's got all the fancy graphics. It's got all the bells and whistles. I actually think Undertale, because this is part of the manipulation, because it's basically 16-bit, it's so simple, it lulls you into thinking it is a simple game. It is a straightforward little dungeon crawl, and that's why it gets you, like Ryan said, is it lulls you into a sense of, oh, I've done this a thousand times, nothing's going to be different. There can't possibly anything be anything more complicated nothing, than what I see on the screen, nothing and you do to Link, from the truth. Nothing you do in Link to the Past changes a goddamn thing yep. however everything you do mm-hmm. every like kill that first frog 
you're going to feel bad about it later. Mm -hmm. You're always going to feel bad about it. (laughs) Save that butterscotch pie. Save that pie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and also, like, there's, like, 10,000 secrets. There's There's secrets everywhere. There's secrets that you have to hack the game to unlock. Um, There's a hacker ending. Yeah, there's there's a hacker ending. Oh, there's a rumor that there may be mild content update where Gaster, which is one of the things Scott's referencing about hacking the game to know he's there, may make start massaging his way into back into the game. Interesting. I, yes. Um, well, here's the thing. Like at this point, I have without hacking the game, just because that that's, that's a little a too thing. crazy. I can watch all that on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I have played. I've done everything in Undertale that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there may be one or two things that that I haven't done, but broad strokes, I've done a neutral ending. I've done a pacifist ending. Uh, which you can you can if you you can do you can piggyback a passive ascending onto a neutral ending. That's what I did. If you play it right, yep. um, and then I did a genocide run, um, which is a thing to do because if you know about Undertale, you know that one thing about the genocide run is well, there's two 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 things about the genocide run. One, you have to know what you're doing. You you cannot stumble, accidentally get you cannot it. stumble your way into a genocide run. You have to consciously set out to slaughter everything and it's not easy there's a lot of grinding that has to be done not so much in the traditional sense to grind your level and grind your power level there's actually only a finite amount of xp and gold yeah. and everything and, in the and there's only so many monsters that live in that place exactly. and they and they do give you your kill count at a certain because, point yeah exactly uh but the more more sort of impactful is that when you go through a genocide run if you go through it um, and try to go back, if you try and play the game again, your game is irrevocably altered. Yes. Um, there are things that... It never forgets. It never forgets. Uh, you have to do some serious hacking of the game to undo that mistake. So there's no vanilla way to undo that, that thing that you did. And that is really saying something. I mean, because that that is very powerful. That is... That, that, it, it, it puts weight on your choices and your decision to do everything that the game has to offer, even though, like, when you when you end a pacifist run, you are confronted with, you know, the sort of the very meta conversation of, of like, you're the only one that can change this now. Yes. The world is the best it could possibly be Indeed. right now. And even if, like, any, if you go back, and do anything different in in the broad strokes. There's tiny things that you can do different that don't don't affect it. But in the general broad strokes of the playing the game, if you do anything different than what you just did to get a passive ascending, you're objectively you're objectively a bad guy. Yeah, you are purposely saying it, the game even asks you. Can't you just let them be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes the idea that the game lives on after you've closed yeah. it, and saying if. Hey, hey, buddy, pal, I know you're really eager to play the rest of this game, and there's a lot of cool things in here. Please don't. I'm asking you, please don't, because they're happy now. They're all happy. They all got out. Everything is fine. You you don't need to be the monster. Don't don't be a monster. And guess what? Generally, because, uh, I mean, I know Scott and I have talked about this off, uh, off podcast, is that you go through a genocide run, you help everyone, you're happy, you're friends with everyone. Pacifist, That's great. Pacifist what did I say? You said genocide. Dyslexia. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, 
but then the only recourse if you really want to play the rest of the game is to do a genocide run, mm -hmm. and you've got to murder all your friends. I mean, even if you don't want to do a genocide run, even if you want to try and get the different, there's there's actually there's so many different endings. so yeah. many different neutral endings, like variants of of what happens after after you leave the underground in a neutral ending. It really depends on who you kill. Yeah, exactly. You, it's if, who you kill, who you spare, who you and who you become who, friends who with. Who you become friends with. But that's the thing is, if you do anything other than a pacifist run, like I said. You're object like you you are picking and choosing who lives and who dies when all of them can live. Yes. Um, and when you specifically choose a genocide run, you are choosing to kill everyone. I mean, it's and it's it is not just. I mean, well, it, that's and because that's sort of the plan in a normal RPG. All the monsters are bad. The monsters attack you. That means they deserve to die, right? Right. You um, are the intrinsically good because oh, you're the one being. More Becoming more powerful by seeking out monsters to kill is a good thing because it makes you know your your ab ability to to beat the bad guys and and win the story all that much more effective. And this game just takes all that, turns it right on its head, and says no, just be a good person, don't yeah. be a shit. Yeah, but then it's then it even when the, in the genocide run, there's even commentary by the monsters going, even uh, Asgore, the king, um, at the end goes. Uh, in the genocide run goes, what kind of monster are you? He, he makes that statement. That's a very meta statement for a moment because at that point you've murdered like all his vassals. Mm -hmm. You've murdered everyone that he likes, and he doesn't he doesn't see you as a human anymore. Mm -hmm. You have well, you're gone the, beyond that moment. The very text of the game, like the internal dialogue that the main character goes through, like for example, like at any given save mm -hmm. point, like usually there's something cute about mm -hmm. something you see fills you with determination and you get to save now. Even that very text changes to just the word determination in all capital letters. Or sometimes like things you just look at, your main character will see it differently because you're a fucking psychopath. Like, mm -hmm. like where are all the knives? Well, yeah, you're, well, you're <laughs> you a know. psychopath and you're being ridden by, ridden by the like, the terrible, tormented, ghostly soul of the first human yep. uh, who fell down. There, there. Well, we're getting to like, like theory and postulation at that point because it never fully explains itself. It never fully in, explains yourself, but you can figure out what's going on. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely there's definitely hints of like this is kind of what's going on. Um, well, I mean, that, that's the thing is like there comes a certain point in the genocide run where your choices go away. Have you have you have you done Alpha's laboratory? Yes. That tells you basically what you need to know yeah, about it, what's going on well, in the it story. Tells you, it tells you more about like the extremes in which the the, the, the monsters were going to go well, in order to get out. When you, and when you get down to real brass tacks, sparing Alphys means you are a very good guy because yeah. of all the people... She's done some shit. Alphys yeah. may actually deserve what to die because she's done terrible... Nazi level experiments on her own people and covered the whole thing up yep. and stalks you all but the time. Always under the intention of this is to free everyone, this is to help yeah, everyone, I mean, this is to road get. To and it, road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. Uh, but any, but but that's the thing is, that's another interesting facet of it. It's not just playing the game and getting the ending. There are to, there are certain aspects of the story, certain aspects of certain of characters, specifically the character of Flowey, uh, that you just don't get to learn about unless you do a genocide run. Yep. Like and and that's the thing is is it's not just you know completionist. It's not just you know see see everything, do everything. 
It is literally getting a, you have to, to, to get a fully rounded view of the story and what's going on. You got to go down the dark path. Yep. Uh, because, because, you know, otherwise Flau is just the antagonist. He's just the, it's the bad guy. And you don't, you don't. He becomes he, kind of a crony in the genocide yeah, run, exactly. doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he realizes he, you're he the bigger monster. Yeah, he recognizes you're the bigger monster. I, I know. He, I, I watched the very, very ending of a right. genocide run where he begs yeah, for his life. Not, yeah. And you do not oblige him. Nope, like. Nope. Well, that's the thing is, like I said, you don't have after a certain point in the genocide run, you don't have any choice left, um, and that's that's one of the things that you don't have any choice over. You've got Flowey there begging for his existence, and you just you cut into him and lay him down. And if after playing like the pacifist and the neutral endings, Flowey's no joke. No, like Flowey is incredibly powerful. And that's but that's just, not what the, that's at that moment he doesn't have the six souls. He's still very powerful. Yeah, he's he is still, still potent. He's, he's still potent. Well, actually, powerful. he's powerful because he's immortal. He's immortal like well, you he has are. the same. He's got he the same juice got, you do. Yeah. yeah, he's got the one save point which he can always go back to. Which that's another thing that the game plays with is the idea that save points are a thing. Yeah, uh, like very real. Yeah, they're very real. Um, and you know, they're they're a thing that can be manipulated and and. Yeah, it's not just a conceit. It's not just a. Oh yeah, and Sands talks about it actually a good bit. Yeah. You get the. It, it's very clear that Sands was one of their top like temporal scientists. Yeah, exactly. And then he now he's just a kind of a guy in in you know shorts and a hoodie and a hoodie who doesn't uh, give a, a give of, a shit about his work. There's a lot of argument to be made that Sands may not even be a monster. Like there is something else going on with Sands that is a is, yeah. is another. Level. That's the thing. There's there's a lot to this game that's only hinted at. Yes. There's a lot going on. Well, he does have a. If you go into Sans's room, yeah, he does basically have a time machine in there, <laughs> so, along the same lines. But yeah, there's it's really interesting. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of nuance to it. But I think the thing that really sort of ties it together and makes it relevant to our podcast is how much choice actually matters. Yes, in the game. absolutely. Which, which is why it's a better game than pretty much any RPG. Yes, also Fallout. Yes, it is better than Fallout. Yes. You're, you'll probably come away from it a better, like, you'll have learned more about life and yourself from playing this game than you will from Fallout, I assure so you. it's so simple. Yep. Like, it's so simple, and yet it has such depth and such nuance to it. Um, it's short. I mean, you can you can do a playthrough in about six hours. It, yep. You can. I, I took about ten for mine. Yeah. Full-blown pacifist. Got everything, did everything. Yeah. That, including sending Temi to college, you know. Oh, Temi. College. Temi. Um, hi. Boy, I'm coming. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. But it's so simple. It's so bare bones as far as like graphics. And it's ten goddamn dollars. Ten dollars. It's so worth. I mean, time. and even, but even you know, even then though, like I, I did find myself making sort of min maxi statistical mm-hmm. decisions about certain because there, there is some statistics there, in the game. There, there are some stats, case. and one of your stats is actually if you are struck in, if your heart is struck during the bullet hell portion mm-hmm. of being assaulted you have a certain number of invincibility frames. Mm-hmm. There is actual equipment in the game that makes your attack crappier mm-hmm. but gives you way more invincibility frames. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, like, that's a statistical choice. Also, by the way, the equipment is the, like the equipment of the six poor bastards who came before you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everything down in there is monsterized. Like, it's all about being a monster because monsters kind of are just projections of magic and will. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're very not spirit-like. Solid. Yeah, they're very spirit-like, whereas, so the only physical objects you really have are the items of the previous humans that have come here and Asgore has killed in one way or another. Yeah. And they're gun. <laughs> yeah. There is a gun. Uh, uh, what is yeah. it? What is a... it? Sorry, the, um, the, is it the Balrena shoes? Yeah. Supposedly that, the rumor is that's Frisk's original thing. 
is the ballerina shoes? I don't think so. Hmm. No, that that's that's probably just another fallen human. Okay. I, there are six sets of equipment, each of which I believe, if you have the, um, I don't think they have a set bonus or anything like that. I think you, you can There's mix them. One that has a set bonus is the gun and the cowboy hat. Yeah. Fair enough. Of course, of yeah. course it would. Yeah. But also, if you wear certain pieces of clothing in the right time, they will certain monsters will react to you differently yes. mm-hmm. based on, I guess, either remembering. The guy that came before who wore that, or just for specific things. Yeah. Like one of the nastiest boss fights actually was the spiders. Oh yeah. And there, that that is a boss fight that can be completely bypassed yep. if you just happen to buy a donut and eat it in front of them. Yep. yep. You have to buy that donut real early on in the game. And hold on to it for hold a on. long time. That's another thing that the game does is it it has these sort of like mini secrets um, that are specifically there in my opinion. They're specifically there to make subsequent playthroughs easier. Yes. Um, like, there's just secrets that you can pick up, things that you can you can sort of intuit that are like, oh, if I had this, this would probably go different. Yeah, like the butterscotch pie for Asgore later yeah, on. Yeah, makes, makes, makes the Asgore fight easier. substantially easier, which I didn't know that. I just took him out. Like, well, I just took him out pacifist style, i.e. I survived his crazy-ass bullet hell. Yeah, he's the which... only one in the pacifist where you have to, like... Fight near to death, yeah. like you legit have to fight. It's pretty dramatic because he. I popped him with a newspaper until he nearly died. Was... <laughs> I like that he just destroyed the GUI. I love how he destroys, yeah. oh, destroys yeah. the user interface, and he's oh, like that. That well, moment, that moment is one of the more like, like just powerful emotional moments because at that point you're running to the, the you're running to the neutral or the pacifist ending. You're running to the, specifically you're running to the neutral ending, um, and just you know destruction of the mercy button. Is like, but that's how I've been. You know, what uh, am I supposed to do? Like, I, but I have never hit the attack button before. How what I do, do I do? Yeah, exactly. How do I hurt you? Because yeah. I, I, I don't know how to hurt. And like, you have to learn. And the great thing is, you can still act on him, going, "Oh, please don't. Yeah. I, I, we can make this right." If you act like, on him, he's like, no. "Oh, he, no." He's like, "Oh, you're right." And he like wavers. He still attacks you, but he wavers. His attack damage yeah, goes you, down. His yeah, all this other you stuff. Can ta- you can talk him down to make him easier. But in the end, you gotta bring them down, yep. um, and you gotta. I, I gotta then, tell you, the final when when Flowey goes oh yeah, goes, goes whole hog, oh. and you have to deal with him in whole hog. Yeah. Uh, our friend, our good friend Christine, who will be one of the people on the Star Wars podcast, yes. uh, who works for um, a freestyle game, science. Uh, she was watching me intently because mm-hmm. she had beaten the game and I had not, and she was just watching me intently. So you see what you and then see Flowey, the monstrosity. Descend, the descend. monstrosity. And I, I, I think it was two in the morning. I live in an apartment. This wasn't. I was like, what the ever living shit is that? It's just, <laughs> and I agree with you because I think I've watched a whole bunch of people play that scene. I talked to you both about that scene, and it's just. Okay. Effing ridiculous. 2 a.m. Because I haven't played an RPG that has made me want to stay up mm-hmm. till like 2 or 3 in the morning to finish the goddamn game. Oh, yeah. I finished it and saw Flowey, and he's just this monstrosity of, of just power and psychosis. And gun. And gun. And gun. And, gun. and he's just like, and you're just like. Laser beam. And all the rules are out the door. All the rules that you understand it are pretty much out the door, and you're just like, what do I yeah, do? The game plays with its own rules constantly, and it's wonderful. It Sand. keeps you on your toes. If you're a genocide guy, I, I've watched the final battle with Sands, and that's where that things is, go crazy. Yeah, that is that is the thing. Like, the, you know, we live in the era of Let's Plays, and like, yeah. you know, we've got these YouTube celebrities uh, who, I mean, and this is this is a game that has been been Let's Played 
very well. Yes. A lot of people. Uh, my my particular one that I'm I'm most fond of is the steam train run through, um, uh, because uh, they get into it. I mean, they they play it blind. Like they 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 play it blind. Uh, they went through a they went through a neutral slash pacifist run, um, first for their first run, and they are about to complete their genocide run. Um, they had to live stream the fight with Sam because they, there's just it, no. It was ridiculous. They no, didn't know was, how long it was going to take. They didn't them. know how long it was going to take. Um, but yeah, no, that fight is unbelievable. I I have a confession to make. I say that I did a genocide run. I had to cheat. Uh, I had to download a program that 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 wouldn't let me take damage. Um, and that is because it's it's intentional. Like the, you were being punished for yeah, being for, such a bad dude. Because yeah, it's I'm just really not, mean. I'm not that good at video games. I have I have a minor like motor deficiency disability. There's and no way there, you'd actually. There's complete. no way I would ever do yeah, it. Yeah, you got to style on that thing constantly yeah, to, exactly. to, to to actually succeed and you know at what? it. I I'm a, I was of the opinion that you know I'm if I if so I since I can't do this I can't do this on my own. Um, I would rather cheat and I'd still go through it and have that permanent change done on my system and, you know, live with the consequences of that uh, because, oh, those skeletons, they're so funny, they're so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Grillby's. Um, you want anything? anything? Ah! Fuck, man. But Fuck anyway, that noise. I would, have rather, I would have rather have done that to myself, done that to my game. Uh, and live with those consequences than to just watch it on YouTube. And, and just the fa the very nature of the fact that there's like meta commentary within the save files oh, yeah. themselves. Yes. The comments in the save files have mm -hmm. apparently have some te yeah, meta text Sans, to them. Sans in the genocide run, if you meet him, uh, will make a commentary that's directly at le le uh, people viewing Let's Plays. Actually, no, that's Flowey. Flowey is it Flowey? Flowey? Okay, Flowey it's Flowey. I thought it was Sans. Okay. So, like before you get to Sans, Flowey has a has a spiel about like. Like he basically goes so in. At least you're not the sadistic bastards. You just like to watch, watch people die. Yeah, you have the you have the guts to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, and so yeah, no, I mean that's the that's the sort of thing that this game does. It talks to you, talks to you, the player, on a meta level, and it it is a, so culturally aware that it talks to let's players and you and YouTube viewers. Um, I think that that that's just a beautiful artifact of. Of a game being made in its time. Well, and also to be able to, to kind of take a quick diversion. Yeah, sure. It is very obvious that Toby Fox is a very sad boy, because he that guy understands depression real well. Yep. Uh, within the character of Naps to Blue, oh. you you understand everything you need to know about Toby's fight with depression at some point in his life, because or he has known someone who has had severe depression, had severe depression because like. Every one of those text messages, uh, it's oh. like, sorry guys, really not feeling it today. Like, oh god, okay, yeah, I got you, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I think he's but he's got his cool, he's got his, got his cool DJ music. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, on, yeah but sometimes he just wants to lay on the floor, man. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> he just should... be left alone. Well, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there are, there is plenty on display of, of you know, various mental difficulties and whatnot. Yeah. Al Alphys. Oh, God, Alphys. Yeah, well, yeah. she's a direct, she's a direct say, hey, look at nerd culture. Talk about Spectrum, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about some severe nerd culture stuff. Here, look at this. Well, and that's, that's another thing about Anime is real, right? Anime is real, right? <laughs> oh. uh, that's another thing is that the game is uh, very queer friendly, and it doesn't make a huge deal out of it. No, it yeah. doesn't. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can choose to let Undyne and Alphys get together if you want, if you want that to be a thing that's cool, and it's very... 
And I was just like, hell yeah, that fish lady and that dinosaur are well, going to get it actually, get I think together. In some ways, it makes it that I think Toby made a very conscious decision about that. It's the reason it's friendly, quote unquote, and it's more digestible is because, no offense, they're monsters. They're not humans. And so that makes it a little like there's a little more, in, a little more sort of. Yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, if you're not going to say acceptable, well, but just a little bit easier of, to digest. If you're the type of person who has a problem with that sort of thing, yeah. then yeah, them being monsters might make it a little bit more palpable. However, if you're a reasonable human being and realize that people are people and that yeah. sexuality is a thing and, yeah. and it doesn't have to conform to, you know, Bronze Age bullshit, um, then, yeah, the fact that they're monsters really doesn't matter. It's just cool to see normalized, uh, and, normalized, undramatized relationships between people of the same uh, yes, gender very much so. uh, presented in a way that, like, Oh, isn't this new? Isn't this weird? Like, no, yeah. it's just the way people. It's are. not on display. It's like want... Jessica. Jo it's like Jessica Jones, uh, because in Jessica Jones, there are two characters that are lesbians. They are married. They make no real beef or or mm -hmm. a spectacle about it. They're just a married couple who are going through and a I, divorce. And I think I think this is the first time. Like right now, this is a very new thing mm -hmm. you, you, because we're because of our ages and stuff yeah. like that. Where this is the first time we're experiencing media where people being gay isn't being made a big deal of within the media itself. Yeah, and, and that's and I, it makes me very happy, actually. Yeah, that, that it makes, makes it so where, happy. That means it's like, oh, let's go actually tell about more interesting stories at no point without having to just put something on display, a spectacle. At no it. point does Toriel look askance at Alphys and Undyne for being together, which, you know, like, it was, it was, it was, you could do it. You could yeah, do that. Yeah, you could exactly. Like, I mean, she could have made a shitty comment about also, it because she's also, a mom. Also, it's also about whatever. another part of, if we're going to talk about relationship, look at Asgore and Toriel. Oh, that's they're on the okay. They're on the outs. They're completely on the outs. And they're, yeah, they are broken up, and they did not stay together. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, they did not. Things no, were too bad. Sometimes I mean, you got to get divorced. The, the, and that's a commentary on death of children and families. A lot of, vast majority of, if there's a death of, death of a child in a marriage, it's very unlikely that the the parents mm -hmm. will stay together after, and that's kind of what happens. Mm -hmm. That's because that's what Flowey. That's the that's the birth yeah, of Flowey from that. Ezreal dies, and that's a, that's another thing that I'd like to bring up about this game is that you know for all the good that you can do in this game for these characters, for all the the good hopeful things, at the end of the day, there's still one person that you can't save. Yeah, um, and that is. Probably the most heartbreaking thing. You go back if you go back oh, yeah. to the patch of grass at the end of the True Paths mm -hmm. Pacifist run. Azriel is there, and he's like, "I don't know how much longer I'll be able to to be like it'll be like this," because he is will eventually just turn back into yeah. a flower, a flower, into, into a flower, and but he loses like, compassion because the only reason he has a sense of compassion that's that's the thing that you learn about him in uh, the the genocide run. Is that when he when the thing that happened to him happened to him, um, that turned him into a flower and made him into a crazy monster thing, is that you know he doesn't have a soul, he doesn't have compassion, um, and like it wasn't just oh now I'm a psychopath. He started out like seriously disturbed about his lack of own compassion, like trying to find a he way to get. He knew what compassion better. felt like, and he didn't he have missed it. it. He, he missed, missed it, it. Um, and sort of in a, in a nostalgic way, and eventually. That lack of compassion got to him, and he became into a giant Cthulhu plant monster. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the pacifist run, you're left with Azriel, who's you know done some shit as a flower and as himself. Um, but you you eventually you know like you do with every other monster in the game, talk him down, get through to him, 
you know, reach, try to reach resolve. him on a on an emotional human level and 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 get him to take another path. Um, and you've done this for every single mo- other monster in the game. Every other single monster in the game gets to now be free of their their imprisonment. Uh, they get to start new lives, but this guy doesn't, and yep. he's going to turn back into a flower. And there's every indication they don't come out and say it um, that he's just going to let himself die. Yep. Uh, because that's another thing that you, you learn in the genocide run is the idea that at any time Flowey could give up his immortality and move on. Yeah, it's um, the determination that's keeping him alive. And that, Literally, it's the living energy that keeps you moving forward. And in there is, I mean, if you want to get down to the, um, <laughs> I don't know if that's Toby's right to die uh, mm-hmm. stance. It's somewhere in there, yeah. but it sure as shit feels like it. It's yeah. like this person is so broken and so upset and realizes they can never be better. It's their choice it's what they better, want. To do. It's better to do that. And I mean, at any point you can die, at, even as the human, by not playing the game again. Mm-hmm. They're saying the save points are like you died, your determination keeps you going, mm-hmm. and you go back to where you were. You reset the timeline, and you go forward with new decisions. And Flau even talks about that, which is amazing, because that's good sci-fi commentary of, I've done all the permutations. I've been good to, he even says, I've been good to everyone. I've been bad to everyone. I know all the consequences for all the actions. It doesn't matter. It's always the same. Except for you, which he's pointing to the player character, because you have the exact same ability that he does, which is, I'm going to reset things. And you I have, can make and change you, and choices. And, and that's the thing, is like the, this idea of determination, this ability to go on, to, 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 move, to, to even transcend death, <coughs> is a thing that humans have. And it's a very rare monster that has an even, a, even a glint of it. Yes. Uh, which is weird when you go through the genocide run and you meet Undyne. Undying the Undying, mm-hmm. which is this. If you've played through all the pacifists, by the time you get the genocide, <laughs> you have realized that probably what has happened is Alphas has injected Undying with determination, and that's what keeps her alive during that fight and makes her fucking well, yeah, yeah nearly dur- impossible. Because during the genocide run, doesn't she activate her abil- uh, yeah. determination ability and? Like whoop your ass, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she does. much harder. Yeah. Well, yes. that's the thing. In the genocide run, there are only two fights. There are only two serious goddamn fights. Uh, every other fight is one, one handily, yeah. one hitters, uh, maybe maybe a couple hitters, but all the boss fights, other than these two, other than Undyne and Sans, are. Do you have the balls to commit this atrocious act? Well, and and that's actually what he in in Toby's wisdom, what he did in the genocide run, when he said, "Oh, you're a really serious gamer." and you really want to get through this, you will have to have determination. Because mm-hmm. the very last fight, the very last part of the Sands fight, mm-hmm. is beautiful. Because you've gone through hell and back to to to, to live long enough to, to get to the end, to hit him. And at the end, he's like, you know what? For the rest of time, we're just going to sit here. I'm not going to take my turn. You're stuck here in that little white box, and this is how we're going to do it. And you have to wait him out. Mm-hmm. You have to not move anything. You have to let him fall completely asleep, which takes a couple it, minutes. Yeah. At which point he he falls completely asleep, and then you again have to break the rules and drag your white box all the way down to fight. And then even when you're like fight, he moves. He dodges. He, he dodges, but you were expecting that, and you hit him where he was he was going to be, and he dies. And he's like. Son of a bitch. Like, that character, Sans, is probably one of the most lovable characters oh, in the yeah. game. Like, he's just a goof. 
and he's and he's obviously incredibly smart and knows knows a lot more than he lets on. Uh, he's just a, he's just a wonderful character. He's my favorite character. Uh, I'm, I, exactly what I'm, I was going to get to later. I'm putting my about. I'm putting my quarter on the table like when the inevitable cosplay group's happening. I'm doing sans. <laughs> um, but he, he is just a wonderful character and an unbelievable badass. Um, he has a dodge. He does have a yeah, dodge. Yeah, he has a dodge. Oh, no one else gets well, a dodge. Why do I? Well, would I just stand here and take the hits? Yeah, exactly. But no, and and like his his combat mechanics are the most innovative and the most like what the fuck is happening. Well, here? every well, it tur- every level turns into like the most sadistic Mar. Every, every one of some of his attacks are just sadistic Mario Maker levels, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, really in are. singular attack form. Yeah, it's it's extremely inventive. The entire game plays on every trope and every conceit that you have. It says, "Hey, you see this box? It's not a box. It's a circle. Oh, it's not a circle. It's a rectangle. Oh no, now it's a pyramid." Like he just every time you look at it, it's something different, and it's wonderful mm-hmm. for it. It's just chock full of innovation. It's chock full of really insightful storytelling. Really, very well fleshed out characters, um, and all of that contributes to this idea of. It's it's a game, and to the game, extent that it's a computer game, to the extent that it's a digital piece of digital entertainment, you really don't have infinite choices. But damn it, if it makes you feel like you do. Yeah, it uh, it, it, it gives it, weight and purpose to every choice that you make in a way that no other game really has. It, it's 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 a very small box, and I think you could not. And, and I'm going to state this here: you cannot could not do this type of storytelling with a triple A game with triple A graphics. You know why? That's huge. Oh, I've the, said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm actually all for games not having amazing graphics these days because so much work, effort, and money is put into graphics. In, into graphics that like they for, maybe forgot to put content in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, and the look, interaction between like, Mass tr- Factory. Yeah, like trying to put new mechanics into the game, and but then you have to like put make a graphical representation of it. Is very difficult. This is actually a big argument with Fallout 4. Is it's a beautiful game. It's 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 really fun, but it lost a lot of what it's uh what it used to be able to do in Fallout 3 because I think they were so busy trying to make it more innovative, like with the shooting mechanics and some of the graphical mechanics. They lost some of the old old you dialogue. You can be whatever trees. guy you want to be. Yeah, exactly. it, they lost a little bit of that choice in there, and then something like Undertale comes along going. Yeah, you can have that choice. It's going to cost you in some other places, but well, I mean, I, I'm. It's it's kind of the truism of you know you find the real art in in the outsiders. You find the art in in people who aren't people who who have the time and energy to pour a singular focus, a singular, a very small group focus uh, into a project that doesn't have a lot of strings attached to it. That doesn't have you know assholes from marketing, uh, you know, demanding that. You know the the main character have bigger tits. Um, it it that's that's where you find art. That's where you find art. Or or it. simply just demanding that the main character be gendered. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that no one's. Uh, I'm sure yeah. there. Okay, I'm sure there are other indie games out there where the where the protagonist has no gender. I'm sure that's out there. This is the first game I've ever played or seen where it's like it's ambiguous and it sure shit doesn't actually matter. Oh, yeah. Very interesting observation. That's a very good observation because a lot of games are either gendered mm-hmm. or they they make sure you're completely obscure. You have no idea. You're a critter. You're, or you're a you. Like you are in first person mode. You assume your own identity mm-hmm. where their gender does not matter. Yeah. It, 
this fashion specific set. Here's a little icon mm-hmm. that can be completely. It could be gendered if we wanted it to yeah, be. but it's a little but kid, we, so it but doesn't matter. Well, seven, also, but it cares. also, but Toby specifically says, "I'm making this a gendered." Mm-hmm. Like he is making a statement when he says, mm-hmm. "He's saying I'm putting this in front of you." It's a gendered. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It gender is not defined. Yep. But most things that would put something out like that would say it's a he or it's mm-hmm. a she. Nope, doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be at all. Um, it, it it's very well done. Um. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, like uh, like like Ryan said, I want to see what he does next. I want to see what uh, he's he's got planned. So uh, that was all great. So before we leave the topic of Undertale, favorite character? You've already said Sans, Scott. Sans. Oh, yeah. Sans. I have to go to the bathroom for the very first time. Is a li- was a line that made me laugh so hard. And then Papyrus flipped out a window in a funny way <laughs> for fifteen minutes straight. <laughs> And that is why Papyrus is my favorite character. Oh, man, it's hard. I love Papyrus. I like all the characters, obviously. I would say my favorite character that I just like looking at every time and just love seeing. I think it was, I think it's Undyne. Her, she her, does have that Burning Warrior spirit yeah, thing really going on. cool and interesting and... So, so scary. Yeah. She, I'm so... I was You were terrified, terrified of her until you see her. And, and, and well, even no, when I met her for the first... Her. When, you, when she takes the helmet off, she's it's like, oh my god, a terrifying f- fish monster. Oh my god, a fish lady with with ice lances. Oh my god, oh my well, god. I, it was like Darth Vader level scary, but when you started fighting her, I was like, okay, you're a monster. Like you're cool, but you're a monster. Like all like that level of danger, sort of yeah. tension, just got removed. Oh, then but, you get, and then you get to know her, and you oh, then she becomes and fantastic. Then she's just fantastic. And, and then you a, and then you have cooking lessons. As crap. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. She um, breaks tables. It's great. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. We obviously we all gushed in love Undertale. It's a fantastic uh, video game. Go out, buy it, support Toby Fox and feel, his next Feel endeavor. free in the comments section to give us one star and tell us why we suck and are wrong about it, so I can read your comments in a funny voice. <laughs> in a papyrus voice? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps I'll read it in all capitals with bad diction, like you probably typed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. With that, um, before we sign off. Scott, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at divismolcav at twitter.com, whatever. I don't, I don't it's tweet. at divismolcav on Twitter. Look, okay. this, this Twitter is for the, the millennials, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you can find me there. Scott's as Gen X as it gets. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Uh, where do you find you, Mr. Uh, Man? At R-J-U-O-U-S uh, on Twitter. I will likely create some sort of other web presence at some point. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I am at BioImportance, and as always, you can feel free to uh, send us emails at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, also, please, by the time you're hearing this, we have our Patreon up. Please, if you really, really like this episode, we've done some new equipment and a new setup, and we'd like to do more, please become a patron, and you can go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Um, And with that, everyone, we are out of here. Go roll some dice. Have some fun, guys. Bye-bye.